This episode of Truth's Table is brought to you by Baker Books, a division of Baker Publishing Group, which seeks to build up the body of Christ through books that are relevant, intelligent, and engaging. Visit bakerbooks.com. And The Witness, a Black Christian collective. Sisters, how y'all feel? Brothers, y'all all right? If this is your first time at Truth's Table, welcome to the table. And if you've been sitting at the table with us all these years, we are so grateful that you have been listening to us through these years. And we are inviting you to partner with us and support our work at patreon.com slash truthstable. Now pull up a chair and have a seat at the table with us. Hey y'all, welcome to Truth's Table, midwives of culture for grace and truth. I'm McKemini. And I'm Christina. This table is built by black women and for black women. So welcome to the table, C. How you doing, girl? Well, I feel welcomed. <laughs> <laughs> As, as we sit in a, in a familiar place, we are recording in Nashville, so you know I know, yes. I know this city. So yeah. I'm feeling good. Are, are you welcome? How are you feeling? Oh, I'm always feeling welcome. I feel Next. great. I feel great. Wonderful. The, Wonderful. the rain showers are Listen, welcome me. <laughs> there was some rain that was just happening a moment ago. I feel like it, it has moved on a little bit. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's as if the weather knew what we were about to talk about. I know. I mean, <laughs> can you stand the rain? Can you? That as well as other eighties and nineties R and B hits. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it's just perfect because the topic on the table today, y'all, is nineties girlhood. Yes, okay. Yes. Our girlhood in the nineties. Mm-hmm, what was mm-hmm. what it was was like to grow up in the 90s to come of age in the 90s come on New all Jack Swing. things yes. 90s Motown Philly I mean back on come on hey, hey listen yes it was a time, it was a time. ABC the BBD. East Coast family the East Coast family <laughs> never, never skipped, skipped a beat, beat. no <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Listen, you it know, was a you time. Know. It was a time. It was a time. Y'all wasn't there, okay? Y'all wasn't there. Uh, well, well, maybe you were. <laughs> maybe you were. Maybe you were. I'm just, listen, it was a time. It's been a very special moment in time. I mean, it was. What, when you think about 90s girlhood, what comes to mind? The first thing that comes to mind for you. <laughs> I think there are a ton of obviously those songs that we were just yes. we were just moving. <laughs> Our medley. Through. I mean, by the time so by the time we got we got into the good in nineties for me, it is like adolescent high school ish towards the you know the bit point mm-hmm. of that. And it's funny when you said what's the first thing that comes to mind, and the what, the first thing that comes to mind for me was finger waves and Woo, rod yes. ponytails. Yes, and. French rolls. First of all, came picking the mind. hairstyle off the board. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Dudley. Dudley. Pick yes. out the number. That's a blast from the past. Oh, Dudley. Trust. trust. Right. I'm true to this. I am true you are right. to this. Those were the times. I had an aunt, Auntie Philomena, who Shout used out. to <laughs> who used to have the bomb French rolls. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, she used to live, she live in Oakland and uh, still in that area. And, um, always had gold hairspray oh my goodness it, she was just so not fly. gold hairspray yes yes <laughs> the french roll with the crisp uh shirley temple curls Very, you know, listen the waterfall i don't i mean those it was hairsprays were hot oh yeah the, it was golden hot it's Go, golden, golden hot, hot. Hot. listen <laughs> with, with a little listen. bit of stiff stuff spray to make sure yes that it, it's set in place for oh, a long yes. time oh, yeah yes. Absolutely. So yeah, that comes to mind for me. And any other anything else come to mind for you when you think about '90s girlhood? 90, growing up in the '90s. Yeah, growing up in the '90s. '90s girlhood. I the first thing that comes to mind is my neighborhood girlfriends I grew up with yeah. and our crew. Our group. Oh, because okay. growing up in the '90s, black Posse. girls, we had crews. Yo, <laughs> musical group. Okay. Uh, so and it was Sarabi. Chris knew that was our. Oh, this was Naeem. Shout out to Naeem and Shireen. <laughs> HP fam, you know what it is. Got to shout out the set. Only they know I what Got to shout right out the now. set. That's it. Naeem and Shireen. It was the three of us, and we there were Sarabi. Go. For sure. Wow. But Sarabi Chris knew. Yeah. Okay. No one knows what that means. I mean, he's That's Sarabi Chris, but <laughs> you know, great. there is new, you know. Okay. So Sarabi. And so, and we were a group. We yes, were a group. Clearly. We was our crew. And I just feel like growing up in the nineties, black girls, like you, you had a crew, you had a, it was a group. 
Like you was always trying to like, and maybe this must be because we were influenced by SWV and the escapes oh, and, 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 and Vogue's yes. and, you know, the, the yeah. awards, the brownstones. And yes. so we all was forming groups. I, you, you I, a group? I certainly <laughs> was a member of a group. <laughs> I most certainly was. Is this a thing now? I don't feel I like don't this know. is a real thing I, like it this makes anymore. It sad though that it's not though. I do think that something, now obviously. It was every, a rite of passage. I mean, every generation looks at, at the, at the generation that is, that is now. And it's like, uh, oh, yeah. you young whippersnappers. You don't, <laughs> you don't, don't go outside and play anymore. Like everybody kind of does they that. They don't really go out and, and play though. And they don't. They don't. I do feel, <laughs> I'm just saying that's true though. I have concerns. And I do think that there is something fun about having like, what would be the equivalent of your, you know, your garage band or, oh, gosh, you yeah. know, a rap group or your, your, your freestyle team at the mall or what, whatever your thing was. And I don't know if the youths, I don't know what the youths have. I know looks. they have phones. I know that they have, they have social media always ahead yeah. of what I've got going on. They got more on. than we have. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but I, I don't know if I, yeah, I don't know if I see that same type of, uh, kind of kind of public outside creative experience that, I, that I don't way. know yeah, yeah I know I know yeah I think that we yeah we were very much it was it was such a really unique time because there was a lot of cross-generational pollination mm-hmm. yeah you know um then so you, you're thinking okay you have your your ebony fire I got sarabi you know <laughs> well, ebony fire was was the Hampton University dance group oh my bad I'm sorry, what was your childhood group okay just e- just ebony Oh. And, and it was an acronym, by the way. And I'll, yeah. I'll let the people guess what the acronym was. Oh, come on. Tell no, me oh, no, 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 no. Oh. I want to I I keep them. That's my bad. Okay, yeah, that's why there was ebony. <laughs> and wasn't it a double E at the end? It was not. Oh, okay, my bad. It was okay. not. I might have made that You're up. making okay. us more complicated than okay, we okay, were. Okay, okay, and we so. were complicated. Okay, so it was ebony <laughs> and then ebony file. Okay, that's my bad. Yes. Okay. No Got worries. It. Shout out to Hampton University's dance. So, yeah, it was just like something we were just really influenced, like cross intergenerationally. Yeah. I remember my, my cousin who is Gen X, mm-hmm. you know, she was the one that, you know, introduced, it's your cousins. It'd be your cousins. You know what I mean? For the better or for the worse. Who, who this is the better. your, your, your awareness. Exactly. This is the better. My, my cousin, my older cousin, Gen X, uh, my cousin, I'm fun who, who introduced me, who taught me dances. I remember the Roger, the running man, the Roger rabbit. I mean, she would come home with very, all the dances. Very, very important. Very, very important. Very important. Cabbage have, patch. I've not stopped. The doing, snake. I've not stopped these dances. I these remember. dances are still a part she of my She taught repertoire. me that. That was my cousin that taught me that. <laughs> you know, and the new edition, right? So she came up with a little, uh, oh my gosh. Eight, it, it wasn't an eight track, but it was like a little C. I don't know. Was, Cassette? Tiny, it was like a tiny little um a record, min, a mini cause or oh, record, like a mini little record. I don't the, know. But those are the original kind of little CDs, maybe. Maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. something. You know, don't give me. Someone that. I remember, right now. but yeah, she you know, new edition. So you you just learning, yeah. and you're growing, and just kind of just learning about all this music and coming up and growing up. And yeah. I just remember just always like wanting to be like, okay, we would call people like yeah. so. We, this is what we play. So uh, SWV, for example, or Total, you'd be like, yeah. okay, uh, and oh, three of us. Don't, don't let us be three of us. Let us be three. And so I'd be like, okay, well, I, I call, um, I call Kima because I, <laughs> I did call Kima because, and I had my hair cut like Kima in high school. Girl, there you, you couldn't go. tell me nothing. There you go. And then I can't. I think Naima was Keisha. No, no, I'm sorry. I called Pam, 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 Pam. Okay. And then Sheree, mm-hmm. yeah, Sheree was Kima, and then I think Naima was Keisha. So listen, go. we would call members of the group and like, no, you are, you are Lily. <laughs> no, you are Taj. Like you, like you are I Coco. I am Coco. <laughs> For life. <laughs> For life. This was how it was growing right. up. It was just like always doing routines, <laughs> like lip syncing to the videos. Summertime, you know, like. In the, just, in the grand scheme of what could have been happening, this is good fun. <laughs> this was good fun. This was, this was fun. some good fun playing outside, you know, doing, you know, doing your things and, you know, you do your jump ropes and, you know, doing all, you know, all yes. of that, all of that on top of that. But the girl groups, that was quintessentially nineties girlhood to me. Oh, we had sure. crews. Yes, yes. Not <laughs> not to be mistaken with gangs, but crews. <laughs> but a crew. And your crew yes. did all types of yes. things. You know? Yes. So you could you sing, you dance, you did all, you know, all things. Sleepovers, all, all those Let things. the good times roll. I th- so that's what comes up for me mm-hmm. for 90s girlhood. There's a whole bunch of other other things in, you know, I'm sure. But yeah. um yeah. I just I'm curious about like I think what what made me think about this was just kind of reflecting on, mm-hmm. you know, some of the past and mm-hmm. I don't know, just just think about how it was versus how it is 
mm-hmm. you know, now and some of the the ways in which, like, for instance, the ways that we were raised back mm-hmm. then, we we um, we sometimes for better for us, we grew up kind of fast. We were a lot of us were latchkey kids. Oh, for sure. Right. So. Yeah. And so what does it mean to kind of uh, not to say that our parents neglected us? We're not saying that, but they had to work. <laughs> yeah. They had to work a lot. They all did. They yes. all did. They all had to work a lot in order for to sure. care for us, put food on the table, all types of hours. Yeah. My mom did graveyard swing shift, all, working overtime. On the weekends, right, to make ends meet, you know. And so I remember we we were latchkey latchkey kids, you know, walking mm-hmm. home from from school. Yeah. We didn't really get we didn't have the privilege of getting picked up. No, that's a you know sometimes we don't think about that, but that, yeah. it's a privilege to be able to get picked up from school. At least it it no, I guess it still is, but it was yeah definitely back then. I think now it's more mm-hmm. you can't be a latchkey kid. No yeah, I, I don't I don't legally. remember ever really truly getting picked up and dropped off at school. I mean, when I was. Um, some some parts of my elementary school experience, we lived so close that I walked across the street to school. Like, oh, I remember, okay. I remember yeah. being able to see from my apartment balcony, I could see the school. Yeah. Um, so 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 a true neighborhood school in that yes. sense. And then by the time, literally, when I I mean I'm I'm about ten ten and a half going into middle school, I was catching. Baltimore City, bus. mass transportation, yes. light rail, subways, you name it. This was yes. not the yellow bus. This yes. was not a school bus. No, this, this was real. the, I was on the, the bus 90s. with the entire in community. The <laughs> with the entire community. <laughs> I was catching the bus, which which I think the strength of that, we can always analyze the, the, the dynamics there, but the strength of that is that as early as 9, 10, 11, I knew how to have conversations with adults. And I also knew how to start perceiving, you know, a threat, safety, threat, yes. space, all the all the dynamics that could happen in, in the life of, of public transportation. So um, <laughs> yes. I, I saw on a social media the other day, somebody had a had a uh, kind of a post where they were saying that when they were a kid, 80s, 90s, and when you would call friends, you had to be prepared to talk to, speak to, their, to their parents. Yes, absolutely. There were no cell phones. I remember when I got my first pager, but I remember when I got Ooh, my- You had a pager? Uh, I, did, I did. It was baby blue and see-through. Oh. And I did sing on the voice That message. was for drug dealers, according <laughs> to my mama, so I couldn't It was one. not. It was also for doctors. <laughs> well, exactly. Why do we do this? Lord help us. So, <laughs> and that literally was my defense. This is for medical doctors, and I'm going to be a medical doctor one day, so I need my pager. <laughs> yeah, but but it was so funny because there was that, that little, that post was saying that, you know, the parents would answer the phone and you needed to be ready to With say, reason. hello, Mr. Hello. Whoever. And, hello. and they would ask questions. And, and it was so funny. The post was like, and sometimes the parent was trying to set you up to get information about the child. That's right. So you, had yeah. to, you had to be on your P's and Q's. You had to okay? be ready. You sometimes be ready. you had to answer for why, why, why are you calling? Why are you? What do you want? What y'all going to talk Listen. about? And Listen. you have to wait for them to get off the phone. Listen. And they'd be like, I, think it's too I know, because well, because you needed to use your formal voice, because you better had two different voices. <laughs> <laughs> and the people people are, have, have been critiquing folks because they have these different voices and different spaces. I mean, that's kind of what humans do across culture. Yes. <laughs> they have different tones. Yes. And, and yes. certainly, I, you needed to have an adult voice when you're talking to an adult. That's right. And when you're talking to your girlfriends, you know, yes. there, needs, there needs to be a distinction there. That is true. Or, or even if, even if you're not calling on the phone, you had to go next door, right, or a couple oh. doors down, or down the street to go knock on the door to see if, yeah, you know, the homie can come out and play with you. Yes. And no, they can't. They're grounded. They're on punishment. Oh my gosh, you would learn people's on business. Punishment. And, the, and the parents were very specific. They were not trying to cover up for their kids. They were <laughs> not, there was no covering of shame. It was like they failed that class and they, they can't go punishment. out. <laughs> they just got whooping. I know. Oh, no. not, wow, I didn't didn't need to know that. All right. Thank it you, was Mrs. A lot. Wilson. <laughs> I know. Let me slowly back away. <laughs> slowly, slowly. Oh, oh Uncle Auntie, because we we did, you know, play Auntie, play Uncle. But yeah, it's just it was just so What were you watching on TV oh. in the in the 90s, in the in the late 80s? And you know, I've got some shows that really stand out to me. Yeah. At that 90s. time period. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Because we had we had a lot. I there thought was, we had like, options with our had, with our three channels, but go ahead. We had great <laughs> options, in my opinion. So it depends on when in the nineties. Um, so um, early nineties, uh, we got Cosby Show, we got yep. um, a different world, yep. Family Matters. Yep. Uh, remember, remember Friday, uh, TGI Friday. That whole lineup was great. Full House. I was watching Full it's House. A good time. Um, whole, whatever was all on that. Yeah. Boy Meets World. I was watching that. Yeah. 
Uh, gosh, Wonder Years. Remember Wonder Years? Yeah. Yeah. Watch that. I'm trying to think what else mm-hmm. I watched. Remember that later on, maybe closer toward uh, high school was uh, Martin Living Single. Oh, for sure. Um, for the sure. Wayne Brothers. The Wayne Brothers. Yeah, they had a show. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, which was funny. They had, like a, the they, Jamie, had like, they had a sitcom. Remember mm-hmm. the Jamie Foxx show? Yes. Yes. Get well, yes. Jamie. Um, yeah. All the things, girl. All the things. Remember, UPN had it on lock too. Listen, <laughs> we had a, we had a, there was a nice, not UPN. Remember UPN? I'm taking it back. <laughs> Listen, there's a, a black sh- black past, a black child. Listen, a flashback. <laughs> the black yesteryear. And yeah. MTV, music videos. Oh, totally. Well, and MTV, BET, BET. Yeah, we didn't get BET. I, for oh, our I cable. was. Our yeah. cable, we didn't have BET. Oh, I was MTV, a big BET. But fan. next, later on, we did get BET. Yeah. And so then we got Cedar's World and all that, you know, so that yeah. I got to see. Yeah. Well, and then the, for me, it was like BET, VH1, MTV, and the Jukebox Network. So I yes. would come home from school, the particularly when we were talking about middle school, high school years and it and i and i remember just watching music videos all the time the, all the, the, time. the watching of music videos that was what you did was a lifestyle oh, the rollout <laughs> do you remember do you remember the time yeah. when michael jackson's remember the time oh, came out when all of his videos came out oh it was a, it was just like it's a big deal oh, like was the serious? house stopped Oh, no, no, no. It's all you would talk about all the day, all the whole day with the homies, the you know, neighborhood, at least for us. That's right. And then when it was time, when the lights came on, I mean, it was a, a complete event. Y'all, I think it came on at 7 p.m., 8 p.m., <laughs> so PST. Right. It was like, okay, y'all, like, leave your bikes out. Everybody's going back inside. That's it's right. time for us to go inside anyway and go watch the video. Absolutely, absolutely. You watch the video. It was yeah, this yeah. big event. I remember it being on, like... I, I, I remember it being on Fox and I think on some other like major networks. Like this, oh. was, this was not a game, y'all. Video came out Very and then serious. you just they play it over and over again. And But music videos in and of itself was like, that was programming for us. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Watching them, it was a big event. And now, I don't guess not so much anymore. I wish well, in the that. 90s, I, I want to say it was in the early 90s when was when The Real World came on on MTV. And oh, so my goodness, yeah. I remember, so... I mean, I remember the real world and the different seasons. I remember what, I remember the seasons that, you know, kind of where, where I stopped watching it. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, music videos were such a big deal. And I think maybe once or twice I had the distinct privilege to pay to order a video oh. on the Jukebox Network. This, oh. this is deep privilege. This is, I wow, recognize this is- dang. This is fancy. This is fancy. That's life. fancy money. Fancy I was like, you have money Girl. because I had to see that whatever it was. I can't that imagine. That is so funny. Wow. Whoever, whoever it was, I felt like we must capture this video right now. Wow. And remember recording videos? Oh, oh my goodness. Well, not just recording videos. And recording music. off of the the radio. Uh, yes, yeah. recording. You had to wait yes. until your song came out, which was necessary if you were going to have a tape deck party, which I participated in <laughs> yeah listen tony tony tony's anniversary and um it never rains oh my goodness the ways that i had to wait for those songs but then the radio station was always committed to messing up your experience because right in the middle of the song they would be like 92q and i'm like hey you stop <laughs> listen, listen right. up. Ah. it's a problem <laughs> it's, a whole, it's a whole problem and then the music problem. the music on your voicemail mm-hmm. you know when you eventually did get your cell phone yes you know well sometimes i would record 90s. from the radio the music or or a cd or i would choose to sing up, i would choose to sing you, the song myself oh wow <laughs> which, which takes a level of commitment <laughs> <laughs> to do dang you were not playing That's i funny. was very very serious about this life <laughs> i was i was in the zone and also you know in the late the late 90s too, well, mid nineties for me is also when I started working. So I, I started late nineties. Yeah. I always about had, 90. I always had a gig. So by the time I was about 13, I would start working. And I mean, and I worked at, you name it, Gap, Contempo Casual, um, Target. I mean, I was a retail woman. Yeah. I, I started, my there. first job was Ross and it changed your life. And I love Ross till this, till this day. I love Ross. Listen, don't do a commercial for them because they've not given us any funding. That's true. I know, Holly but you should consider. They should consider they, that as they're listening. Yeah, but yeah, I did. It was Ross. Was my, I was 14 or 15. That was my first job. And then after that was Blockbuster. Blockbuster. Listen, Whoa. I'm dating myself. <laughs> Whoa. What did you do at Blockbuster? I was, a, you know. 
Were you Check a cashier? Yeah, cashier. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what else can you do? I guess. Yeah, other things well, you stock can do there. the movies, maybe? I oh, girl's doing all of that. I mean, all yeah, yeah that included, you know, stocking yes. the movies and put, yeah, putting them back and, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, all of that. But, yeah, cashier. Yeah. And, I, was at, yeah. I was at the front of The Gap, and I was the Welcome to The Gap. Welcome to The See, Gap. See, that's the thing. And mm-hmm. I, okay, so I want to talk about what it means to have grown up in the 90s but cuz there there's a level of adulthood <laughs> I know, that we that we had jobs that we had to <laughs> that we that we had to attain that was required and it was right. just like a cultural norm in the 90s for for kids and I'm also talking so I want to put a pin right there yes 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 and when we come back from this commercial break I want to talk about what that means to have grown up in the 90s and like be whole adults <laughs> at the same time so don't go nowhere we'll be right back Sisters, there isn't a conference like Joy and Justice. This year, the Joy and Justice Conference is back with its theme, Rise Up and Flourish. See, most conferences are heavily intellectual or heavily inspirational, but the Joy and Justice 23 Conference is the perfect combination of both. It's a space for hope, refreshing, and a place to honor God as you were created to be. At the Rise Up and Flourish Conference, We will tackle the injustices that try to hold Black people down and steal our joy. For two days, we will gather like family, the witness, a Black Christian collective team, and their lineup of dynamic guests will speak to your core concerns. You will encounter dynamic worship, thoughtful presentations, and meaningful conversations that will empower you to experience the joy and justice you seek. The conference will include powerful talks from Danielle Koch, Jamar Tisby, Tyler Burns, Christina Edmondson, and yours truly. Life-giving worship will be led by Chantel Varnado, founder of Kingdom United Collective. We will also celebrate the upcoming release of the BCC's Vice President Ali Henney's new book, I Won't Shut Up, Finding Your Voice When the World Tries to Silence You. We want to see you at the Joy and Justice Conference Rise Up and Flourish 2023 on June 23rd through June 24th, 2023 in Chicago's South Suburbs. The conference will be held at Lilydale First Baptist Church's Legacy Campus located at 424 Indian Wood Boulevard, Park Forest, Illinois, 60466. Buy your ticket today at riseupandflourish.com. Regular price tickets are $125 and $200 at the door. But Truth Table listeners will receive 25% off of your ticket price when you use the code TRUTHTABLE at checkout. Don't forget, you'll get 25% off when you use the promo code TRUTHTABLE at checkout when you purchase your conference ticket at riseupandflourish.com. Register today, and we will see you there. I Won't Shut Up, Finding Your Voice When the World Tries to Silence You by Allie Henney. I Won't Shut Up is a book about being Black in a society developed by white men to benefit white men, which means constantly pushing back against systems that were not constructed for your flourishing. You are made to feel that your life doesn't matter, your opinions aren't valid, and your entire existence is too loud. It can feel like the whole world is telling you to shut up. To these forces, Ali Henney is here to say, no, I am a loud black woman and I won't shut up. Ali knows what it's like to navigate racism and racialized sexism. She's not taking it anymore and she's calling you to join her in resisting racism by speaking the truth no matter the cost. If you're tired of feeling silenced, misunderstood, and abused by society, then make sure to pick up your copy of I Won't Shut Up, which releases on June 20th, 2023. And Truth Table listeners can get 40% off plus free standard shipping when you use the promo code AllyTruth, A-L-L-Y-T-R-U-T-H at BakerBookHouse.com. Buy your copy of I Won't Shut Up at bakerbookhouse.com. Use the promo code AllyTruth, A-L-L-Y-T-R-U-T-H to save 40% off of your purchase. This offer is only available from June 1st to July 15th. Make sure you get your copy today. 
And we are back at the table talking about 90s girlhood. Come on, 90s. Okay. So, yeah, so right before we started the break, we were talking about just kind of like what it meant to be the, the cultural norm of just like, uh, it was very normative for kids to have a job. <laughs> at least we, to, at least we as kids. As kids, yeah. <laughs> to, to, to walk to school and back to school. Sure. Um, nobody was really, there was no real paranoia. You know, yeah. about that, of course, don't talk, talk to strangers and, you know, all of that. We know all that this is, you know, we did no dare. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there seemed to have been like this just cultural norm mm-hmm. <laughs> of, uh, you know, uh, coming of age, you know, in the 90s mm-hmm. as kids, you know, uh, mm-hmm. where we were, there's an expectation that, you know, we would kind of take care of ourselves, be able to go to school, <laughs> come back to school, <laughs> find something to eat in the fridge, you know. Right. Stay, don't not burn the house down. Like not just have, find something to eat in the fridge, a, but to cook the well, dinner. Well, cook it actually. Yeah, to cook, cook it. the dinner right. for the people in the house. Yeah, to be able to do that <laughs> to clean until you know, until the parents get back or mom gets back, whatever yeah. your family dynamic and situation was. Yeah, the people, the you know? adult somewhere in the mix. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you're right. And then we obtained these jobs, you know, at <laughs> young age. Okay, some there was summer jobs. I was about 14, 15. Listen, I was working during the school week. I oh, mean, wow, it, yeah. Yes. It, it was for me, it was just summer. My mom just went, because she did want us to focus on school. Very good. Know? So, yeah, she was like, <laughs> good thing. <laughs> yeah, listen, it's just like, dang, we grew up fast. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just interesting. So, I would love to talk about what that meant to have that it was very normative, very mm-hmm. normative. But then also the adultification, right. you know, of, uh, of children, particularly black girls and, you know, and how, you know, we, we thread yeah. that needle. You yeah. Know, we also on? grew up in, both of us, we grew up in households that where there were no brothers. We are yeah. a part of, you know, female sibling sets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, and I live in a home with a, with a female sibling set. I don't, yes, have, a, you I do. don't have a son. <laughs> uh, I would have loved son, mm-hmm. but you know, it, you know, this is what it is, yes. you know, and I, I love my girls, but, um, I do think there's a sense in which, and certainly, you know, this really well, just culturally speaking as an, an African oldest sister, well, old, oldest daughter, That's what um, <laughs> but I just think, uh, yeah, black girls and, and, and girl family systems, are kind of look to to just to run stuff to yes. like <laughs> to get, to get things together get it done and yeah. my, and my cut you know I was a. Uh, I was on the younger end of my cousins, younger to okay. mid end of, of the cousin network. My, um, my, my old, my older cousins, you know, they are all well in their fifties. If I'm mm-hmm. going to date them right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really looked up to them. So I like, so it's like late eighties and nineties, you know, and they are, they're bigger than life to me. Like they oh, are, yeah. they're the standard, you know, yeah, yeah. hair and dating and music and dances and all the things. Right. Um, and, and, and they did seem to me, at least from my young eyes, to be like these little adults, you know, yeah, that could, know. that could keep us, that could keep us safe. That could school us on the way of the world That's and right. life and, and all of those things. And so I think that was a part of, certainly part of my experience. I look at, I think, uh, people who are the same age that I was then now, I and know. if, and they feel younger, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to me than mm-hmm. I was then. So like my 16 year old self thinking about 16 year olds, I know now. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, they may not look younger because <laughs> I do think this generation, sometimes I'm like, these people look older than I looked, but, but in terms of like what was required or, oh, you know, yeah. it, that feels a little bit different. Um, and I, and I'm not one of those people who in my generation are kind of like these young whippersnappers, they need to learn how to, you know, oh, right. back yeah. in my day, I had to walk yeah. 10 miles to school. Um, <laughs> and, and I do think, um, so, so I'm not a person who's like, you know, this generation is lazier or whatever, these kind of caricatures that we make. But, but I do, I, I think at the time I, I felt like I was an essential part of my, of upholding my family. And I know for you, because of oh, your, your family story, you absolutely were a part of that. Yeah. Absolutely. From a very young age, you know, so, so yeah, I had to, I carried a lot. I grew up very, very fast, you know, um, and that was circumstances outside of our control. Right. Yeah. So it was just everybody, you just had to do what you had to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like right? to survive, it was really about survival, right. you know, at that, at that point for our family. And so, uh, so doing a whole lot. So of course being the, the, uh, oldest daughter, first born. There's a whole lot of cultural expectations. Um, 
of course, being Nigerian, and then Ibibio, the first daughter's um, name is called Adia, mm -hmm. and all that comes with that. There's a whole lot of weight, but then on top of that, you add life circumstances yeah. and uh, traumatic, you know, and tragic circumstances, yeah. you know, that shaped our family to such a degree that I had to grow up real fast. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and so I was definitely an adultified or a parentified, yeah. you know, um, child, you know, and I know I'm not the only one, you know, that is, um, a parentified child, yeah. but I think there are ways in which, um, we can be, um, I don't say adultified uh, to kind of make a distinction with regard to how, um, that can be externally, uh, projected mm -hmm. onto little black girls, yeah. you know, where they're mm -hmm. accused or, or they're, they're made to, to be, seen as grown women for sure maybe because they developed sooner mm -hmm. or sooner faster maybe mm -hmm. than some of their peers or whatever and so mm -hmm. they have um unfortunately um and terribly um men gawking at them right mm -hmm. you know as as young as you know you've i'm sure you've had this experience of walking mm -hmm. to school because mm -hmm. we had to walk to school for right sure. and walk back you know at nine and ten right men cat calling you or making all types of um, sexually so, suggestive yeah. remarks. So that's definitely you. the objectification. The objectification, us, right? Sure. The objectification, adultification. Mm -hmm. You know, there. So I make a di distinction between adultification and parent. You know, being a parentified child. Those are kind of I, I put them in two different buckets, if you yeah. will. Mm -hmm. You know, one is just like, well, that's just the circumstances. I didn't have. <laughs> I didn't yeah. have a choice. On, all you know, hands on deck. All hands on deck. Let's survive. Mm -hmm. You know, adultification is you know people objectifying, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, um, and, and seeing you in very, um, I would say, uh, wicked, let's call it what it is, wicked ways, yeah. you know, um, in which children, uh, especially black girls are not able to be black girls. Right. Yeah. So they're not able, they're hindered, they're suppressed, um, restricted. Yeah. You know, and so their joy, their jubilance, mm -hmm. um, zest for life, mm -hmm. you know, can be snuffed out. Right. At a very, very um, young age, depending yeah. on, you know, um, on, say, maybe their development, hmm. you know, and then they can be accused of being, oh, are you just being well, fast? Well, and you... even, well, even if it's not their development, right? Yeah. Because so, uh, I think, um, I mean, if we look at the research on, you know, who's likely to be expelled from schools, suspended from school, well, yeah. uh, uh, the ways that the, um, some, some, some of the more, in the last decade, we've looked at how the, the ages, the perceived ages of black children are, are, are typically three years plus. Yes, right. In comparison to white children um, as, as being viewed by police officers or other adults with authority, adding an extra three years. So we think about a That's Tamir right. Rice. Tamir, yeah. Right. And so um, so I when I looked at him, I was like, this is a 13-year-old kid yeah. or 12-year-old kid, <laughs> right? Um, but but the ways in which that that projection is put, that weight is put on uh, black children in which they are robbed of their childhood. Yes. And, um, and don't often get the benefit of the, uh, you know, kids are kids and they're just having a blast. I remember uh, being in spaces, particularly with my daughters when they were much younger and uh, the way, and just being able to just overtly see the differences in the way that my daughters would be treated as black girls versus even the white boys in the class and how they were treated. Mm -hmm. And I remember going into class early in the morning and there were boys that were just, they were horse playing, which is not an yeah. unusual thing mm -hmm. for, kid, for yeah. kids to do. And, and it wasn't so much that I wanted, um, I, I wanted them to be reprimanded or for them to experience a, a, an unreasonable consequence. I just knew and had already experienced that black girls, had they done the same behaviors, would have experienced you know. a certain type of vilification. They Absolutely. would have been pathologized as violent, right? And so the 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 freeness, the skipping, the horseplay, the laughter, the class clownness, we just know that there are some kids who can do that and some kids who she cannot. Can, <laughs> who yeah. cannot do yeah. that without there being some really serious consequences that uh that that create a label around you that it's hard to shake out of. And you can and and unfortunately because of the school to prison pipeline. Right. They can actually their freedom, their liberty as children. Right. They can begin to interface with the carceral system right. at much younger ages than they should. Yeah, which is just ridiculous. Yeah, you know, and that's not something that we can, had to contend with when we were. Yeah, you know, at least 
Yeah. The same, you know, at the same age, it was not, was not quite. Well, certainly, I mean, when I think about the, the late, case. when I think about post seventies into the eighties for me in the nineties, this is when we start to see, um, some pretty significant consequences of mass incarceration, mass incarceration taking yeah. root. Um, mm-hmm. And I can think about from middle school into about to hit off to college, the amount of kids whose lives were drastically changed because of being at the wrong place at the, at wrong, the wrong time. time. Um, and I, and even our own encounters in my neighborhood with police officers. Um, and, and before my eyes, seeing kids tracked out of certain educational opportunities into other opportunities that that would create yes. limitation for them. So, yes. and, and this is like this is mid eighties, um, and just how powerful school teachers are. The person who gets to assign like what reading group you get that you're in, just so powerful. Yeah, um, I, I know very few, particularly black men, who do not have an experience somewhere in their story or their narrative. In this, you know, this season we we, we have a whole series dedicated to black men, yeah. but um, who who don't have somewhere in their story someone talking them out of an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Saying like, are mm-hmm. you sure mm-hmm. that's the college you want to go? Are you mm-hmm. sure your college, right. you know, criteria? Right. Are you sure? Um, it, it, and that's a kind of a sowing a doubt. Are you sure? But yeah. even more blatant ways of like, this is just not for you. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't know where I grew up. I just don't know a lot of black kids who did not have that experience yeah. of someone sowing a seed of doubt and really what it what it would take to have some resistance Overcome to that. that. You have to have much louder voices in your head Saying, yes, to you overcome a, a guidance counselor, a teacher um, that would sow those types of seeds. Yeah. You know, when I um, I think about, you know, all those, the ways in which, the many ways, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that black black children, not just because of black children, are, are hindered, you know, in... Um, you know, cause where, where stumbling blocks are literally put mm-hmm. before them. It does make me think about, you know, I just think about the, even the theological implications of that, mm-hmm. you know, and how Jesus loves the little children. I don't say loved because love is eternal. Yeah. And so, and he, Jesus is alive y'all. Mm-hmm. And so, but that Jesus loves the little children, you know, yeah. and it was Jesus that rebuked the adults for trying to keep the children right from coming to him. He was like, no, 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 let, let the children come to me, Yeah, you know, and that, and that we ought to aspire to be like these little ones. And he had strong warnings, um, like uh, in, um, Matthew oh, 18, sure. <laughs> strong warnings, right. you know, about, um, um, causing children to stumble. Right. And I think that when we begin to put these, um, these barriers, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? A barrier is not a boundary. Okay. Right. A barrier, a barrier is meant to oppress, suppress, yes. you know, and repress control people, mm-hmm. control people, right. To stifle them, mm-hmm. you know, to show doubt into them. A boundary, like I always say, protects what is sacred, right? Boundaries can cultivate, you know, yeah. creativity. Boundaries can help um, to create flourishing. This plant cannot flourish apart from the boundary of this pot. Right. And then eventually as it grows, then it gets put into a bigger planter, still a boundary, (laughs) but it still has room to grow and to flourish, you know? And so, um, when we, we have to be careful and we have to make sure that we are not putting barriers where there needs to be a boundary, you know, on children's lives in our lives, whether it's our own children, whether this, uh, whether it's our nieces and nephews, whether it's our play nieces and nephews, you know, whoever the the covenant children, the covenant children. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Um, God children, whoever are the children in your, um, in your, in your sphere of influence, we got to make sure that we know the difference between a boundary and a barrier because Jesus does have very strong warnings about creating a stumbling block, causing any one of these little ones. He says, it'd be better for you to have a millstone caught around your neck. Mm -hmm. Like, that doesn't like that that just that remember that from, from, from that's not exactly what god that's said, my but, remix but carry that's on my remix. That, that would be whitley gilbert's you know, mother that's, that just that you have died and curl down <laughs> you remember that episode she was big mad when he ruined that wedding but anyway we digress I was too. He was out of pocket. Back then, I thought it was cute. Now, with my legs, I'm like, this it, is not cute. It that was, was a always, problem. speaking of 90s, it was always was a bit uncomfortable for me. That was it was always a little uncomfortable. I was like, what happened to the senator? 
Yeah, what's wrong with Byron? <laughs> I was like, we don't have many black senators. Where is the senator? Yeah. If you know, you know. If you know. Like, you know. <laughs> and if not, Google. Google. It, please. Google but anyway, Google is your friend. But yeah, so anyway, your, your thoughts about just kind of like the theological implications, yeah. you know, of like what it means for children to be adultified, yeah. you know, um, and restricted and, and have seeds of doubt, mm-hmm. you know, follow them. You well, know, so, so, so our behaviors have consequences on the people around us and the generations that are to come. Right. And so when, even when we started our conversation today with just, there was so much delight. Yes. Uh, even, when we, even when we got into the fact that how we had to like knock out these bills. We was growing. <laughs> we was growing. But, but there was so much delight in this idea of like, what does it mean to like swing on the swing at the playground and the monkey bars and skipping and, you know, yeah. picking out all the most colorful barrettes to put it, have put in your hair and that kind yes. of stuff. Um, Barrette. Those kind of those joyful pockets of moments through what I hope everyone can have in their childhood, whatever version that that would be for that particular person. But the way in which our society, the way in which evil gets in the way of that, you know, that yeah. it, it creates um, so much fear and so much harm and the That's lack right. of protection for children Um that has just grave consequences. I am never surprised, particularly when I look at generation, you know, generation Z, generation A. Uh, yeah, I was when, just going to ask you about the generational yeah, differences. When there stuff. is, when when that within them, there is a frustration with millennials and Xers and boomers in the sense of like, what's the deal with y'all? Because in <laughs> some ways, it is the responsibility of the generation before to hand people something better, to not have jacked it up so much mm. that what they in- inherit is is such a burden. I mean, sitting in Nashville right now, what comes to mind is I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, the covenant shootings. And oh, well, yeah. what does it mean that we, as much as, you know, as much... Um, spiciness and violence <laughs> that was amiss in the different environments that we may have grown oh, up sure, in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever sat in school think worried about a mass shooting. I I don't Never. I have no recollection not. of thinking. No. Now, did I think the there f- might be a fight in school? For sure. For sure. But did I think that there would be some person who didn't go to the school that came into the school and just started shooting people? Absolutely no, yeah, not. Could not fathom that being a reality in a movie theater or at a church or something like that. Yeah. And yet because of the way that adults have governed themselves, mm-hmm. the way in which we have uh, these really corrupt and polluted political systems and loyalties, yeah. we have given this generation a buckets, buckets, buckets full of fear and, and anxiety and, mm-hmm. and death. Mm-hmm. And, and so they have a right to look at us and say, like, what are you doing? Yeah. And so much of our credibility as adults is to the extent in which we can create the spaces that allow them to be free. That's right. That allow them to be children in this generation. So I, I think it's important for, for the adults to, to own that, that there is a bit of a robbery that takes place when the older generation has made it such that the one generation that is coming, that is to come right now, is, is disenfranchised, is less safe is less That's able right. to be creative, is less able to skip and be free. And and, and while no, none of us on an individual level bears full responsibility, I think we have to do some generational lamenting and repentance. That's right. And seek to offer them something better. Yeah, I think that, they, and you know, I think generation, I think from generation to generation, there has always been um, a, sub, a subtext of robbery. There's been, some has been much more um, explicit and much more clear in, in some instances, some not so much. I think that even with Gen X, I mm-hmm. think we, we talked about this kind of how, how they had to put their head down and just do the work, do what they, you yeah. know, do what they have to do. But I do think that there is a robbery in that they don't, they don't get enough credit. <laughs> I yeah. I don't, I don't think they get enough credit for just I consider having, myself a young Xer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. For, for having, for have, for having followed the rules. Yeah, whatever I mean, those as rules a generation, Xers are known for being like, you know, compliant, kind of forgotten. You got to get it done. We're not anti-institutional. You know, millennials are known for being like, uh, I need another job. Bye. And Xers yeah. are kind of like, uh, I need this health insurance. I'm staying. Right? Yeah. So, and again, that's a huge generalization. And but there's what, a difference. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, what, and the circumstances that made it so that millennials and us were like, okay, we out every two years, two to three years, we yeah. out for the job. Why? Because we there's no pension. Yeah. There's no, we don't have any little safety nets. Exactly. That's not gonna and we've been through a lot, right? So there's a lot of econ- the outs- right. external forces that's shaped the generation, the economic crisis. Right. We've been through a lot of 
the unprecedented the, times. The housing crisis, absolutely. The economic crisis. How many absolutely. recessions have we been through? It's all been a lot. The, the financial collapse. Uh, listen, we didn't. We didn't. We came out of college. We didn't have jobs. No. And this whole gig economy was not a thing. Yeah. When we came out, this was well, not oftentimes a thing. the personalities are responding to the environmental dynamics, but then we bl- but then we blame the personality, right? But well, it, yeah. But it's really a kind of what has been laid before us that we've had to just kind of make it work. You have to make and so it work. people caricature people as kind of flaky and indifferent and unable to comply when the system got changed. It was that if you went to college, <laughs> listen, you would be able to get a job and you'd be able to pay off the loan. Well. That's changed. No, and that's because the cost of college has gone through the roof. And the interest on it, on the loans. These are the facts of life. So even when you get someone who is a boomer that's like, you know, I paid off all my loans. I was like, mm, that was a completely probably significantly less. <laughs> Cost you five dollars. Yeah. To and like, then, no. and then, yes, and then we have to also tell the truth as to why is college so expensive, and right. it is because We're there are more. Exclu- yeah, there are more women. And there yep. are more people of color. That's right. And there are more undesirable poor whites yep. who then had access. And so uh, we've had generations where it was just assumed that That's right. some people just were not going to go to college. And then there were some of us who were literally told, you cannot come well, in Well, right now, a lot of people in this generation are actually, <laughs> right. it's been reported, are actually opting out of it. They're actually Because the, the cost-benefit analysis is not, the math yeah. is not mathing. Yeah. I, I, st- I still push, now, I still I do push people. I do, I do believe. That's fact. That's I a fact. I, I, I actually think that's slick. I, I, when, when black folks start listening, I'm like, oh, that's not, that's not a message that's for That's not for you. <laughs> you still need to go to college. <laughs> They're going to say you respectable for that. Uh, that I, well, I, that's fine. <laughs> and I don't care. <laughs> I mean, no, somebody yeah, can do it, but I'm yeah. just telling you, not all of us are going to be, you know, you want are able to do our own thing I mean, like that. I you can still fall back on it. I do believe education is <laughs> important. You know, yes. I just... Y'all. Yes, I, I, I would. I would recommend. It is such a good experience. It's such a, a, you know, it's like it's a once in a lifetime. You just get this. College is a very it, it, unique. It, it can be. Can yeah. be. It can be. And I and, I, and I always recommend people. Hey, formal education. Yes, to, to the extent that you can make it happen, go for it. But also just life education and some skills. We, it was uh, you trade know. school. Yeah, yeah. Trade it's it's good. It's good to be able to do something with your hands. Your hands. Yes, that's like true. that. That matters. Like, it does. you know, to the extent that you can to create something, uh, yeah, being able to do braids, that'll help you out. <laughs> that's another thing. That, that's another thing about 90s childhood. Yes. People were kitchen beauticians. Like, this was a yes. very regular thing. Yes. I'm just saying, like, a lot of us, not maybe not everybody, a lot of us c- could do hair. Or we could do These we, are called skills. And that's because we, <laughs> we also had to. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Again, skills. We also had to. You know, so there's a, there's a, it's, it's, it's interesting. There's a sense in which, um, you know, when I talked about a little bit like the robbery from our generation, there was a, there was a sense in which y- y- we did have to grow up fast. Yeah. We had to, you know, kind of, in some ways, sometimes parent ourselves yeah. you know, in some ways. Um, but it was not, it didn't feel like, we we still felt like we had a childhood. And I had a, it was a hard knock life for me, y'all. It really was. Come but on, I, Annie. I still, <laughs> come on. Let me, we got Annie. We got, listen, I love Come on, Annie. Black Annie. Suddenly Seymour. <laughs> that was also my show. That was more so 80s, though. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, that was good. That was, oh my goodness. Although that, I was obsessed. Although I will say this to cut you off. There Please. are things that I watched in the 80s and the 90s that I don't know if I can watch them today because I have a completely different sociological yes. and, and, that, and I feel like I just messed stuff up now. Now I'm like, oh, that joke was inappropriate. You're like, I know crazy. too much. I'm like, mm. I know. That was racist. That was racist. The movie shall, name, uh, shall be unnamed because I still do love it. I'll be like, oh, this is that racist lad. That's racist. <laughs> I, keep going. I, know, I, just, I know. I know. That I makes know. it better. I just like. I know. Just, I just name it as, as such. I keep and keep moving. Because <laughs> I was like, I love this movie. So, <laughs> Especially those rom coms. I'm like, this but is like, ridiculous. Kind of but well, I'm going to keep watching it. Yeah, overall. I'm so, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, there was, there was a sense in which, yeah, we, we kind of had to grow up because of circumstances, right? And because of oppression in the land. Um, right. <laughs> right? And stratification in the land. Yeah. You know, and this is the case for every generation. Every generation. The way in which they respond to the social demands and, yeah. how sh- and how it shapes them and then also what they think is due to the next generation. Which is why I'm curious as people are listening but, who represent different generations, yeah. what, what's registering for them? Yeah, I would love to hear that. Yeah, because I think what, what, made, it, what made the robbery mm-hmm. that we've all experienced generationally not feel so um, 
uh, disorienting mm -hmm. is that we had community. Mm -hmm. We had our neighborhood. We yeah. had our friends. And I think what is missing, um, um, sadly, for Generation Z, yeah, because I think millennials still have a little bit of that. Maybe, maybe, maybe younger millennials. I could, I could throw them in there. Younger millennials, because um, uh, I'm a, I'm a millennial and exennial. Um, <laughs> a geriatric millennial. Carry on. You know, it's just like, yeah. <laughs> Messed up. I'm an infant Xer. Carry on. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll put in younger millennials too. Yeah, I you know, just throw them in there. For sure. Um, Z, uh, Gen Z, and you know, Gen Alpha mm -hmm. is that they don't always have that that network. You know that we yeah. had that neighborhood network where it's like your neighbor was like, yeah, that's that's Auntie blah, blah, blah. that's Uncle so and so. Like that's that's how I grew up. Like yeah. the, my neighborhood, you know, uh, people, my friends, their parents, they were Auntie and Uncle. Right. You know. Uh, to us, you know, yeah. and that's like, to this day, the, my friends, they still call my yeah. mom, auntie, auntie, you know? And so, uh, we had that and we still had some of those, those moments mm -hmm. of just play, right? <laughs> free play and enjoyment. Yeah. And, you know, even though we was coming back from work, <laughs> right? Clock in here. after just made some dinner. <laughs> 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 we was grown Clock kids. In. Lord help. <laughs> Just let myself in the house. Do my homework. You have to give a report to your parents, I by mean, the way. Really? You have to give an account. And don't forget to take the meat out to defrost. Oh, oh my goodness, the fear. Oh my gosh, the fear when I forgot to take oh. out the meat. Well, I took it out because I cooked it. Well, that part. That part. But there were times I forgot my mom. Take it out. To, oh my gosh. I, in retrospect, I'm super grateful for... You know, my parents, you know, gave me access to the kitchen at probably eight or nine. Yes. So I was like frying chicken and baking cakes <laughs> at a very young age. <laughs> I don't know what was happening. <laughs> I was not neglected, by the way. Let me be clear about that. My, my, my parents are probably going to listen to this. No, like, they, don't, they never listen to us. They don't, the they don't. They don't listen to us. They don't. I love them. They love us. And they support very, us. They don't be very to loving them. parents. I was, I was loved as a child. They, but they definitely were like, hey, what you making tonight? Listen, it's true. They definitely said that to me. That, you know, that is a whole episode, too, about like... Like, being a creative, but your family supports you, but they don't be, they don't, they're not into it with all the stuff you do. That's fun. That is the whole thing. That is but, funny. Oh, y'all put out a book. Oh, and nomination? Okay, oh, come on, I ain't read a, a I ain't read a word. <laughs> I ain't read a word. <laughs> <laughs> Which sometimes is fine. It's okay. I think it's okay it's sometimes right. to know your family members in the way that you know them. <laughs> and just, just leave it That's right, all right. There. Just as long as you right buy it. Right just there. as long as you buy it and tell your friends to buy it. That's, That's right. right. That's right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, this was, this was, there's a lot. I, I actually am really excited to hear from the sisters at the table. Oh, yeah. And the brothers in the standing room section about 90s childhood or even just their own childhood, right? Oh, because it's, so, it's going to be 80s. It's going to be 70s. It's, it's going to be 2000s. 2010s. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we have a, we have a diverse. Remember Y2K? Diverse we've been through a lot. Pool. We have a remember diverse Y2K? Remember yeah. Y2K? Listen, I remember it very, we we've been remember, through a lot. It really well. We've been through a lot. <laughs> remember it really well i am tired of these unprecedented times I'm, I'm yeah. like no yeah. more please yes, god no I was more a whole adult yes i remember it very well that was a whole thing mm -hmm. like, we really it was anyway it was a lot but mm -hmm. anyway y'all thank y'all for taking a seat at the <laughs> table with us this week for real let's keep the conversation going because we really want to know your thoughts about 90s it was girlhood but childhood what was it like 90s growing living. up Tweet us, send us a message on Facebook, email us at asktruestable at gmail.com. We want to know what it was like for you. Um, and we'll see you soon on the next Truth Table. Bye, y'all.